Well, friends, today we're diving into a brand new series. You saw the video entitled Sir Means. You've heard of sermons, you've heard of memes, but today you're going to hear about Sir Means. Taking something that might seem spiritually shallow and pulling out truths that are spiritually deep. And the reason I want to do this series is I want to help people understand God is relevant to our culture. God is not just some far-off God who has no idea what the world is like today. I believe today the Bible, it does not need to be updated, and it is not outdated. It, it is relevant for our lives today. I also believe that God has a sense of humor. I also believe that God in heaven sees some of these memes, the appropriate ones, of course, and he chuckles. I believe that we're going to get to heaven, we're going to have a good time. It can be fun to be a follower of Jesus. And here's the things you hear people talk about all the time. You always hear people say things like, oh, hell's going to be a big party. But heaven's probably going to be boring because Christians are boring. The reality is you've got it backwards. Hell is not going to be a party you want to be a part of. Hell's going to be a place that Jesus wants to save people from so that you can enjoy what Jesus called paradise. I believe being a follower of Jesus, that God has a sense of humor. And that being a Christian can be fun, even though many people don't. And my hope is that through this Sir Meme series, that we can make God's word, we can make the Bible relevant to today's culture. So I want to say a big thank you to every single one of you. You've been sending me memes, sending me examples. I told people we were doing this community. I said, friends, I need your help. I need some memes, okay? So thank you to all of you that put it in Discord, sent it to me at Suzy Live on Twitter. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And before we get into the meme that I've chosen for today, I, I got to give some honorable mentions, okay? Let me go through some funny memes that maybe aren't going to be talked about in the sermon, but I want to pick them because they're hilarious. Anyway, let's put meme number one up on the screen. Here it is. When you ignore the main quest to play the side one, as you can see, the man is playing golf while the city is literally on fire. This person would be my wife. My wife is a person in Zelda. Every side quest, if the game's not 100% complete, you didn't beat it. You're a liar. Meme number two, let's check it out real quick. These memes were great. Bowls were invented in 1840. Here are people in 1839. <laughs> because somehow we think that cereal was invented before bowls, right? It's just a meme. It's all good. But let's put the last one up. This one was a little bit too savage for me to go to. When a parent tells me their kid's an angel, the response is, so was Lucifer. We're moving on. Get it off the screen. We've gone too deep. It's too dark. Chat. Your parents are, your kids are angels. We believe it. Mothers, you've done a great job by raising angelic children. But friends, so many memes. Thank you so much for sending them my way. But the meme that I wanted to choose for today to pull out spiritual truth from, let's get that one on the screen. I absolutely loved this. Got to give some love to Mario Moreno, who sent this on Twitter. Everybody wants to make money. It's just the truth. Life needs money. It's a necessity. It's just part of life. And everyone wants to know, how do I make it? And then they find out it takes work. And then you cry. <laughs> You find out it takes really, really, really stinging hard work, and then you cry. Can I get a Bible thump feels bad man in the chat? Put a five in chat if you wish that it was free to make some money. I wish I could go to my backyard, pluck out some dollar bills. The reality is money takes work. It takes work. And oftentimes, not just with making money, but with anything that you and I want to accomplish in life, we have an idea of what it's going to take to get there. We have an idea of what it takes to build a successful marriage. 
But then we open up the book and find out what it takes, and then we see it takes hard work, and then we cry. <laughs> we want to have six-pack abs, baby! And then we open up the book and find out it's going to take hard work, and then we cry. <laughs> Anything that you want to accomplish in life probably will end up looking a little bit different than you thought. It will probably require more work than you thought. It probably won't be as easy as you thought. You could put anything in that meme. Hard work, what it takes to make money, what it takes to have a family, what it takes to be successful, what it takes to do anything is going to take work, and then we cry. But for today's message, the spiritual truth that I want to point out, let's put meme number two on the screen, is what does it take to reach people for Christ? We get excited about building the kingdom of God. Let's change the world. Let's get God Squad Church to be so big, reaching so many people that on Saturdays it's the number one viewed stream on Twitch. Let's impact people's lives. We want to see people be addicted from things. We want to see literally people come in to know God, find community, discovering their purpose, and making a difference. We want to see these things, but then we realize the idea of like what it's going to take to actually get there. Wait, I got to... I can invite my friends to church. I gotta actually like talk to other humans. I gotta actually like be intentional to like invite people. I wanna make an impact. I wanna reach people for Christ. And then I open the book and I find out it's gonna take work and, and then I cry. <laughs> and then I realize, man, this is gonna be harder than I thought. But the reality is, is this actually isn't even a good description of what it means to reach people for Christ. Let's go to the next meme. We want to reach people for Christ. It's not just going to take inviting your friends from church. It's going to in take you sharing the gospel with your friends. And you can see the guy's crying even harder because you realize it's going to be even harder than I thought it was going to be. Anything worth achieving takes work. It's difficult. We impact the world for the glory of God by blood, sweat, and tears. We change the world through our sweat, through the tears of compassion that you and I have, that you and God and I have for people, and we impact the world through his blood. Blood, sweat, and tears. It's hard work. Reaching for people for Christ is more than just retweeting a post. Reaching people for Christ is more than just inviting people to a discord and hoping that they make the connection that God's squad doesn't mean we're sick, nasty at video games and that actually this is a church. Reaching people for Christ, it takes more than that. It also, reaching people for Christ, takes more than subscribing to a streamer who is telling people about Jesus. Reaching people for Christ is probably different than you would like it to be. It's hard work. I remember when I first gave my life to really follow Jesus. I was about 18 years old. I grew up in church. My dad's a pastor. My mom prayed so many hours a day. I, was, I felt like I was like, this lady, she basically just goes to heaven once a day. It's like insane. She would put signs on the door that literally would say, praying for the next six hours. You're not to serve unless you're dying. Like, literally, she just prayed so much. It's amazing. My mom is a champion. But even with all of that, faith for me growing up was like, it was my parents' faith. I went to church. I even played drums in the worship team. I believed God's, he was real. I believed it. No one could convince me otherwise. 
But being a follower of Jesus was a different story. Committing my life to serve God wasn't really something that I did. But then I was about 18, 19 years old, about 12 years ago, I, I really made a commitment to follow Christ. And when I experienced for myself, not just what my parents were experiencing, when I experienced for myself the goodness of God, man, I'll tell you, I was hooked. I, I, I just, I needed the world to know what I was experiencing. And so I just went on a spree. I just went on a spree of telling everybody that I could about Jesus. I was in college studying architecture at the time in Boston, Massachusetts, Boston Architectural College. And literally, like, I, I had a notebook of everybody in my college class. And I was going to spend, because we could sit wherever we wanted and working on our projects. Most of it was not just sitting in a class, like listening to a teacher. There was parts of that, but most of it was like sitting and actually building stuff, doing drawings. And I remember, I had these people, and I had them in a journal. I'm going to spend one week, before the end of this year, I'm going to spend one week at every person's table. And by the time I'm done with you, you will have come to church with me at least once. <laughs> and you, hopefully, will have said yes to follow Jesus. And eventually, I ran, it was a small class of like 30 people. I ran out of classmates, and I started saying, who in high school did I never talk to that I'm going to talk to now? And I started going on Facebook, because that was the only cool social media back then, and I'm a boomer, praise God. And I started going on Facebook and messaging people, hey, we never connected in high school, but I'd love to get coffee with you. And some people obviously said no, but some people said yes. And I was in getting around a table, inviting people to my house, and literally bringing people to the parks in between classes, and sharing the story of Jesus, sharing what God had done in my life, and just telling people about it. And over the course of six months, 78 people had given their lives to follow Jesus. Literally, it was crazy. On Sundays at the church I was going to, we would fill up multiple rows, and it was like we were having our own like mini revival. I mean, it was beautiful. It was crazy. I just couldn't keep the secret to myself, and I just knew I needed to tell other people about this joy that I had found, about this Jesus that I had experienced. And in six months, 78 people had given their lives to follow Jesus. And that story sounds super hype, sounds super exciting. But the detail that you don't know about that story is that here we are 11, 12 years later. And out of all 78 of those people, only about four of them are following Jesus today. Here's the deal. I had the best intentions. I want to share the gospel. I want to teach people about Jesus. I want you to hear the story. But the mistake that I made was that I was missing a very important ingredient. It's called discipleship. Discipleship, the word disciple means to be a follower of, a student of, someone who is committed to the teachings of whatever it might be. Like you could be a disciple of anything. But as a follower of Jesus, you and I are disciples of Jesus. But the reason 12 years later, only four out of 78 of those people are still following Jesus is because by the time that person said yes to follow Jesus, I was already on to the next person. I was already on. Okay, well, who else has never heard? Okay, you said yes. All right, who else has heard? Who else has never heard? Who else needs it? You, hey, you over there. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. And like, just literally telling everybody that I could. But what you need to understand about really reaching people for Christ 
It's actually not even sharing the gospel with your friends. Changing the world, when you open the book, it would say, make disciples. To make disciples means to be intentional, to take somebody under your wing and to teach them about Jesus. The Bible would use the analogy of a plant that our our roots need to be deep into the ground because if they're only shallow at the top, when the wind blows, down they go. And before I could get their roots deep, I was on to the next plant. On to the next plant. And on the next plant. And not helping people go deep, but just sharing a story with them, asking them if they wanted to pray a prayer one time, and moving on to the next person. And if we're not careful, we'll end up being that mean. How do we impact people for Christ? Make disciples cry. Because making disciples, I'll be honest with you, it's hard work. It takes intentionality. It takes time. It takes commitment to take someone under your wing and to teach them about Jesus. And as a church, we've been talking about how God wants to bring revival. Revival is a a rapid swarm of many people saying yes to follow Jesus. And I was experiencing my own little mini revival. But if we do not have revival with discipleship, we will experience revival in reverse. We will see a lot of people come in, and then a lot of people just go right back out. You see, because revival without discipleship, you know what it's like? It's like gifted subs. Literally, just like gifted subs. If you don't know what gifted subs are, on twitch.tv, you have the option to sub subscribe to any channel you like. You get a cool sub badge, you get emotes, all this cool, cool stuff. But there are some people who, for whatever reason, either choose not to be a subscriber or can't afford it, whatever it might be. We got love for our subs and love for our non-subs. We love you. But there is an option called gifted subs. And what you can do is you can actually pay for a sub for somebody else. For a one-time $5, you can buy someone else a subscriber. And what that does is that causes the streamer's sub count to go really high. Maybe you've heard of the streamer Ludwig, who just did a subathon, who literally got so many subs and gifted subs, he beat the all-time record. He beat Ninja for the highest sub count on Twitch. And he got above 270,000 subscribers. Revival! But you know what's going to happen in 30 days? The biggest sub plague you've ever seen. <laughs> Because those subs that came in, they're going to go right back out. Because they may, for 30 days, have got to have a taste of what it's like to have the badge and have the emotes. But they haven't yet gone to the place where they're willing to be committed enough to pay for the sub themselves. Revival without discipleship is gifted subs. We are going to experience in Ludwig Stream the biggest subplague Twitch has ever seen. <laughs> and it's okay when it comes to gifted subs. But it's not okay when it comes to the kingdom of God. We want to experience true revival where people are coming in and staying in because they have been taken under our wing and loved and served. And so today, friends, for the remainder of our time together, 
I want to start off our first message in Sir Memes, using something what might seem spiritually shallow to bring out something spiritually deep to talk about how to make disciples. How to make disciples. What, is it, what does a disciple even look like, and how do we replicate that in the life of someone else? And I want to spend all of our time in Matthew 28, a few verses that Jesus spoke to his disciples. But I want to give you some context here of why this story is so important. This is in the book of Matthew, which if you don't know, there are four books at the beginning of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They are called the Gospels. They are essentially those four authors, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, writing about the life of Jesus from their perspective. Right? So you got the, the stories are equally true, but one person obviously sees things from his angle, and another sees it from his angle. The facts are true. They're all without error, but they're just a little different because they're written by different people. Their personalities in it. Their perspective is in it. Their point of view is in it. But this chapter we're about to read, Matthew 28, is the last chapter in the book of Matthew. It says, after Jesus has risen from the dead, and after Jesus rose from the dead, he stayed on the earth 40 days, and then he ascended up to heaven. And the moment that Jesus raises from the dead, he begins to go in preparation mode. He is preparing the disciples for what life is going to be and what he needs them to do after he's gone, after he's ascended. So I explained all of that to you to say, when somebody is leaving Normally, their final words are very important. Like when someone is either passing away, their final words are something that has value. They want to make sure, I say something with weight before I go. If there was ever a streamer that was huge on Twitch, and he decided, I am leaving, I'm no longer going to be a streamer, right? Can you imagine how triggered people would be if his final goodbye was like, Twitch Prime, and just ended the stream? Like people are like, like that's it? You're not going like, to say anything of value. You're not going like, to leave us with a few words. On people's way out, they always want to make sure they want to say something of value. When a mother, unfortunately, at maybe a young age, is going to pass and leave her children, she's going to say something very important to those kids. I'm going to make sure that I leave something of worth with you. And Jesus, from the moment he raises from the dead, he goes in preparation mode and begins to teach and train his disciple and leave his final words with things of value. Some of the most important things that I want you to know before I leave is this. And that is what we're reading in Matthew chapter 28. The very last few verses of the entire chapter. Read it with me, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority... And heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We see in this passage that Jesus is commending his disciples, his followers, to therefore go make disciples. What I have made you, go make other people. I have helped you understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Now go create other followers of Jesus. But here was Jesus' leadership style. First, Jesus did. 
He did things himself. First, he did. Then, he recruited disciples on his journey. First, he did. Then, he did, and they watched. Then, Jesus started having them do. Read about the disciples when Jesus feeds the 5,000. They come to Jesus, Jesus, and they're like, Jesus, these people are hungry. What does Jesus say? He says, okay, feed them. First, I did. Now, I'm doing and you're watching. Then you're going to do and I'm watching. I'm going to oversee. I'm going to coach. I'm going to give feedback. But now, I'm leaving and you're going to do. First, I did. Then I did and you watched. Then you did and I watched. Now you do. There's a point where the training wheels got to come off. Mothers, it's literally parenting. You will train your children. First, you did. You lived. Then you did, and your children watched. Sometimes we wish they weren't, but they're watching. Then eventually, they're going to do, and you're going to watch. That phase where maybe they're driving on their own, and they're getting their first job, beginning to step into adulthood, but they're not adults yet. But then eventually, they're going to go. It's leadership. It's coaching. That's what Jesus did. And in this verse, he says, now the training wheels are off. Now you go. Now you go. And you make disciples. I showed you how to do it. I watched you how to do it. I watched you do it. I gave feedback. I coached. I gave grace. Help you understand your errors. Now you go. Now it's your turn. Go make disciples. And many followers of Jesus have heard this like 8 million times. It's called the Great Commission. That's what this passage of Scripture is known as. And the reality is, so many of us know that. Like, this is old, man, Susie, this is old news, bro. Like, this trend is way gone. Like, we're way past this. Everybody knows this. Some people don't, but a lot of Christians, they do. So here's a question in my preparation I've been asking. If we know it, why don't we do it? If we know it, why don't we do it? And so what I want to spend our time today, as we talk about the topic how to make disciples, I want to break down some of the major reasons why I think people don't make disciples and to hopefully help and encourage us to begin to make disciples. I think if you were to literally bottle it down to one reason as to why people don't make disciples is they don't think they have what it takes. They don't think they have what it takes. And that could be a variety of so many things. So many people think, I don't have what it takes to make disciples. And if I tried, I would fail. So why would I even do it? The first thing I think that people think they don't have, they don't have authority. So many people think, well, you know, I just don't, I don't have the authority to go out and like really impact the world. I don't have the power to really go out and make a difference and reach people for Christ. Read the first verse with me. Verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority... And heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority has been given to Jesus. Well, that's cool. I'm not Jesus. Well, guess what? The Bible says that his power, his authority, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, the Bible says that's living in you. Living in you. You have the authority. You don't need to ask God to give you authority. You don't need to ask God to give you power. You don't need to ask God for that which he's already given you. 
That would be like going to a quest giver in a game and being like, quest giver, I need an item to be able to fulfill this quest. And you know what he'd say to you? Check your inventory. Press B, whatever it might be. It's already in there. You just got to use it. You, as a follower of Jesus today, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter your education, doesn't matter your background, you have been given the authority of God, the power of God to impact this world. Some people ask me, Susie, how do you speak with such boldness? It's not because I'm cool or even confident. It's because I'm just aware of what we all have. Authority. Power. We have the truth of God's word to impact people's lives, and I want to share it in the most kind, loving, and respecting way. And what people choose to do with information, that is their decision. But I will speak God's truth with the authority that God has given me. But some people don't make disciples because they don't I don't think they have the authority. Let me tell you a secret. I don't have anything that you don't have. I don't have a single thing that you don't have, except maybe a receding hairline. Pray for me. I don't have anything that you don't have. That's it. I can accomplish no more than you can because you and I both have the same resource. Authority. The power of God. And I've come to break a lie to you today. You think you don't have authority, but you do. But you do. I think many people think they can't make disciples because they don't have authority, but I promise you, God's already given it to you. Another reason I think people don't make disciples is they think that they don't have responsibility. I think many people think that what Jesus said is optional. Let me go ahead and read verse 19 to you. Therefore, go. I mean, that's really it. <laughs> Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. This was not a suggestion. This was not a on days where you feel pretty good. This was not on, you know what, if you decide you feel like it. This was a command of God. Remember, he did. Then he did and we watched. Then his disciples did and he watched. But now he says, now it's your turn. I told you, we're going to build the kingdom through blood, sweat, and tears. We're going to change the world through blood, sweat, and tears. But then we open the book. <laughs> we see what it takes, and we cry. It's the meme. But here's the deal. Anything worth accomplishing always comes at a price. Always comes at a price. Your life was worth saving. So Jesus paid a price. Other people are worth reaching, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to come at a price. It's going to take intentionality. You stepping out of your comfort zone to invite someone into a relationship with you. Discipleship is always done through relationship. The best way, in my opinion, is when it's done through friendship. I think a great way is through experience groups, which is why if you're not in an experience group, you're probably not experiencing deep levels of discipleship yourself. And then it'll be very difficult for you to do what you have never experienced. Discipleship's always happening through intimate connection with human to human. That's how God designed it. But it's not optional. God has given us a command and a privilege to make disciples. 
to see lives changed and transformed for the glory of God. And one day I will stand before God and he will ask me, did you make disciples? And I'm going to have to answer. I would really like my answer to be yes. It'll be not as well as I probably could have because none of us are perfect, but at least I tried. At least, God, I, I did my best. But I really don't want my answer to be no. What will your answer be? You will stand before God, and he will ask you, did you make disciples? Did you even try? And you'll have to answer to him. I pray in Jesus' name that your answer will be yes. Jesus didn't give us a suggestion. He gave us a command. And I think some people don't make disciples because they think they don't have the responsibility. Can I tell you, as a follower of Jesus, you have a responsibility to make disciples. Another thing I think that keeps people from making disciples is they don't have understanding. They don't have the understanding. And here's the deal. You can't explain to someone what you don't understand yourself. And here's the danger of church today. Here's the danger of church today. Many of us that are in church today are like people who've been gifted a sub. We're just people who are like, oh, this thing is pretty high. Someone give me, a, I got these emotes. I don't even really know what these are, but I got them. <laughs> I mean, spam them, right? Oh, I didn't know you could type them out too. Wait, you got to use capital. I don't even understand like most of this stuff. I don't, like, I didn't know you could do, wait, I can click that smiley face. Bits, what are that? I don't even understand. I'm just kind of here. <laughs> I'm just kind of watching Twitch, but I don't really understand like what the heck is happening here. And many of us in church today, we, we don't go out and make disciples because we don't even understand what all of this is. You can't explain to someone something that you don't understand yourself. And people will go years and years and years of life just okay with that. Well, so why do you believe in the gospel? Well, Jesus died. So what does that mean for you? I don't have to go to hell. Okay, but like, is that it? Yeah, there's, there's some other stuff too. Well, tell me about it. Well, God's good. And we, we, start, we start getting, we realize that we're, in a, we're like backed in a corner. Like, I don't know if I really fully understand this the way that I think I do. And there's no judgment. And no condemnation for you if you feel like you don't understand. But there reaches a point as your life and to follow Jesus, if I don't understand, it's okay, but how do I get to a place where I can understand? So really the question that's being asked is if you can't make a disciple, are you a disciple? You can't help someone become something that you're not. You might just be someone who prayed a prayer one time, who got gifted a sub. You received a free gift. It's called salvation. I don't really know what to, to do with it. And that's okay. We want to teach you, help you understand. We want to help you grow. But some people are just okay with, like, not understanding. I, I'm not going to study. I'm not going to learn. I don't really feel like getting an experience group. I have no desire to actually grow but I really like getting gifted subs. Feels good. Feels exciting. Man, a new emote. I can even use channel points to put sunglasses on it. Like, like, there's, like there's so many exciting parts about being a part of something. 
but people don't want to pay for it themselves. People like being a part of the height, but they don't want to pay the price to actually be a follower of Jesus. And they want to be a convert, but they don't want to be a disciple. They want to pray a prayer one time. They want to say yes, but they don't want to go on a journey of truly submitting their lives to the lordship of Jesus. And some of you are actually just unaware that you've been okay with your lack of understanding. And so here's the deal. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to call you deeper. I'm here to say it's okay, but let's go deeper. It's not about what you've done, but it's about what you're going to do next. Let's follow Jesus wholeheartedly. You know, as I was studying this scripture, let's put it back up on the screen again. Verse 19. Something just really stuck out to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. First and foremost, we see that a part of discipleship, Jesus is teaching, get water baptized. There are many of us who are following Jesus who have never been water baptized. And some of that is probably you just might not understand. And I want to encourage you, we want to help you understand. We want to teach you and train you and direct you. And so if we could, let's get one of our staff and mods. Let's put our baptism link in the chat. Being a follower of Jesus, the like immediate next step should be getting water baptized. In the New Testament, we see people saying yes to follow Jesus and then literally driving by a lake and going, well, what's keeping me from getting water baptized right now? Like, what's keeping me from taking that next step right now? I want to be a follower of Jesus. And getting water baptized is so important, and I would challenge you to do it. There's really no reason why you shouldn't. If you said yes to follow Jesus, and you want to become a disciple, which means I am someone who follows and obeys, then follow and obey. And if you are not following and obeying, are you someone who can carry the title of someone who's following and obeying? be a follower of Jesus. But I started asking myself, Jesus, obviously you said this because you want us to know we should be water baptized. But you could have said that anywhere else. You could have said get water baptized at any other point in your life. Jesus was water baptized before he died on the cross. And at any point in his 40 days after raising from the dead, he could have brought it up then. But why did he bring it up here in his conversation about making disciples? Well, because it's part of being disciples, sure. But so is serving. So is worshiping. So is trusting God in your finances. So is all of these different things. But why did he specifically want to point out baptism? Let me tell you what we believe the water baptism is. We see Jesus in the New Testament being water baptized by what's called full immersion. That means that he was fully immersed in the water. His entire body went under the water, and he came back up. And there's so much symbolism in water baptism that you'll learn when you click on that link and go through our class and do it yourself. But he was fully immersed. That means he went all in. He didn't just put his foot in. He didn't just dabble a little bit. He went all in to the water. And what I believe Jesus is teaching here is I don't want you to go make disciples who just put their foot in. 
I want you to go make disciples who are going to be all in. Their entire lives, every part of them will be submerged into the teachings of Jesus, into the word of God, which means that I don't just pick out the parts of the Bible that I think are cool and make me feel fuzzy, but the difficult ones I neglect. No, 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 I'm all in. The whole book is true. All of God is good. I'm not just getting my feet wet. I'm diving headfirst. I'm all in. Jesus could have talked about any other thing that is a part of discipleship, but he chose baptism because baptism requires you to be all in. 100%. No area of my life will go untouched by the Spirit of God. No area of my entire life will go untouched by the water. Every area of my life is being transformed by the power of God. That's the understanding that we need to have when making disciples. But the difficulty that comes in why people don't make disciples is you will have a really difficult time challenging someone to do something that you're not. You'll have a really hard time asking someone to go to a place you've never been. You'll have a really hard time convincing someone why they should go all in if you're not. Well, if it's so good, why don't you do it? That'd be what I'd ask. If this Jesus guy is so awesome, why are you still checking if the water's cold? If he's so epic, why haven't you dived in just yet? And I think there's a lack of understanding that I can't take someone to where I've never been. I can't take somebody to a place I've never seen. And I'm challenging you today to go deeper. To go deeper. To begin to read the Word of God. To spend time in prayer. To ask the questions. Don't just believe things because I said them. Wrestle with them. Study into the Bible. Reach out to our pastors. Ask questions. Get in an experience group. Share your doubts. Share your struggles. And go all in. Because if we just continue to be a church full of people that have gifted subs but aren't willing to pay the price ourselves, we will experience a form of revival. But we'll be experiencing revival in reverse. A bunch of people in, bunch of people right back out. Another reason why I think that some people don't make disciples is they think, well, I don't have the knowledge. Man, what if somebody asks me a question? What if, what if somebody like asks me, like, like, what is, like, what does this mean? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, under, I don't understand this. And so here's what I challenge you in your understanding. Go deeper. Learn the things of God. Study his word and get some of that knowledge. But here's the deal. People don't make disciples because they feel, I can't make disciples until I have all the answers. People think they need all the answers. Can I share a secret with you? I don't have all the answers. I, I, I'm studying a book alongside you. There are sermons that I preach about principles that I learned four days prior. Like, I, I know this passage, 
But there are things that I learned about this passage that I didn't know three days ago. Because I've been studying and preparing for this message. So, like, I didn't have the answers until three days ago. And there's still lots of answers that I don't have because this passage is so deep and so complex that my finite mind can't fully comprehend it. And so here's what I'm saying to you. You will never have all the answers. You actually will never have all the knowledge. And that does not disqualify you from making disciples. When you first give your life to follow Jesus, get water baptized, and then go make a disciple. Well, I don't really know much. Yeah, but you know like a thing or two more than they do. Teach it to them. But then what if they ask me a question and I just don't know the answer? Well, that requires humility to say, you know what? I, I actually don't know. Hey, why don't, we, why don't we go together and figure it out? Hey, why don't we go open up the Word and study it ourselves? Hey, you sent me a Discord DM uh, and you asked me a question about God. And to be honest, I, if I'm being fully honest, I don't, I don't really know the answer. But why don't we jump on a Discord call? We'll open up the book and let's read it together. Discipleship always happens through relationship. Always through relationship. Can you imagine how beautiful it would be if Christians could finally admit, yeah, I actually don't have all the answers. That's why we need God. Because he has all the answers. Let me point you to him, but let's go on a journey together. You and I are on a spiritual journey together. I'm learning, you're learning. And normally what my preaching is, is I've learned something, now let me teach you about it. And the right one I'm done, I'm going to go learn some more. <laughs> I'm going to go learn some more and learn some more. It, it will literally be an unending cycle for the rest of my life. It is learning and learning and learning. There are questions you have for me that I don't have answers to. So should I, you're just going to fire me? Like, <laughs> should I just, just get rid of Pastor Susie? He, of course, it's ridiculous. So why do you put that pressure on yourself? Why? You don't have all the knowledge. It's okay. There's a God who does. We can take people along the journey. Hey, you know what? I don't know that answer. Why don't you join my experience group? Let's go learn it together. Let's go figure this thing out together. Requires humility. No one likes to say, I don't have the answer. But literally the need for Jesus is because you don't have it all together. If we had it all figured out, if we had all the answers, Jesus wouldn't need to die, and we wouldn't need to be forgiven. People don't go out and make disciples because they feel they don't have the knowledge, and I've come to tell you, it's okay. But Pastor Susie, what if I, what if I give a wrong answer? And what if it ends up like confusing somebody and doing more damage? Wouldn't it have been better for me to have said nothing at all? What if I end up trying to make a disciple and I make a mistake and somebody gets confused and then leaves God altogether? I, it would have been better for me to have never tried. I really don't think so. I really don't think so. I understand that that's a very serious concern that we should have. You should do your best to study, to learn, get in an experience group, come to church, read God's word, so that you can avoid the best of your ability making a mistake and saying something wrong. But every single one of us make mistakes, and we're failures. But that doesn't mean we don't try. Because here's the beauty. Let me read to you 1 Corinthians. This verse is beautiful. This verse is literally will help you and I understand 
that the pressure actually, it isn't on you. It's actually on God. 1 Corinthians 3, 6. I planted the seed, which means I told the story of Jesus. Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. What this is explaining is when you're sharing the story of Jesus with someone, you are planting a seed of knowledge and understanding that they get to choose what they want to do with it. Discipleship is what Apollos is doing. He's watering it. He's taking care of it. He's challenging it. But neither one of those two results or are the direct cause of people going to heaven. You plant a seed, you might be the same person that waters it or someone else might do it, but God makes it grow. God is the ultimate source of what draws people to himself, so your knowledge or lack thereof doesn't get people into heaven and it can't keep people out of heaven. God is the author and the finisher. You leave that up to him. That's his job. He'll take care of it. You and I are responsible to share the truth, but we are not responsible for their response. God would rather you try and make a mistake than to never try at all. And I get that fear. What if I say something wrong? Well, then correct it. Go back and say, you know what? I said something, and you know what? It wasn't true because I'm learning alongside of you. We will always be both teacher and student. We don't have all the answers, but have the humility to say, you know what? It's really God who brings the increase. It's God who brings the increase. I do the planting. I might also do the watering, but God brings the increase. God makes it grow. So there's nothing I can do or not do to save or change somebody's soul. And so here's what I want you to do. Maybe you've heard the phrase before, do your best, let God take care of the rest. Do your best, study, learn, be trained, learn God's word, and then go give it a try. Jesus did. Then he did, and they watched. Then they did, and he watched. And now it's time for them to go. And many of you, you've been watching us do but now it's your turn. The kingdom of God is not built by pastors making disciples, by leaders making disciples. The kingdom is built by disciples making disciples. The office of pastor didn't even exist in Matthew 28 when Jesus talked to his disciples. The organized church wasn't even a thing yet. Didn't exist until the book of Acts chapter two. And pastors didn't even come out until later. First we had apostles, we had Paul training up leaders. So like whatever you think Jesus was talking to, those people didn't exist yet. He was talking to the same kind of people that you are, disciples, students, learners of God's word. The church is not built. We don't impact the world by pastors making disciples. We achieve revival by disciples making disciples. I've said yes to follow Jesus. I've learned his word. Now it's my turn to go make a disciple. And if I'm being really honest, the true test of being a disciple is making another disciple. And so I've come to ask you today, have you ever made a disciple? Have you ever made a disciple? 
Is there anyone in your life that today is following Jesus and is on their journey because God used you to help them get started? And if the answer is no, there's no condemnation, but it's time to go. It's time to go. Get in Discord. Send somebody a DM. Write a name on a list and start praying for them. God, I want to try and help this person become a disciple. They might end up saying no, and that's completely fine. That's not your responsibility. God brings increase. God draws. You leave that up to him. But you have to at least try. God is calling you today. He wants you to have the authority, the knowledge, the understanding, the responsibility of making disciples to go and to try. You trust him with the results. And understanding the final reason in which I think people don't make disciples is they won't even try because they think they don't have any backup. They don't have any backup. They don't have anyone that's going to encourage them along in the journey. They, don't think, they think they don't have anyone who's going to equip them, who's going to help them, who's going to serve them. Here at God Squad Church, here's the deal. We want to help you make disciples. I've, I've not come here to just be a one-man disciple-making machine. I've come to make disciples who then make disciples. And I want to let you know, we got your back. We're praying for you. We're here to literally answer your questions. We're here, just like Jesus did, to do, to do, and then you watch. But then eventually we're going to be like, hey, now it's your turn to do. We'll watch. And then eventually you'll do. Pastor Tammy has done a phenomenal job. And now Pastor TJ is doing a phenomenal job with our experience groups. Why? Because they started a group. Then they had other people in their group who watched them lead. Then they saw potential in someone and said, hey, you know what? I think you can really become a leader. Why don't you start maybe once in a while, once a month, whatever, just maybe leading the group, and, and you'll do, and I'll watch. I'll give some feedback, coach you. But then after enough time, why don't you go start your own group? Why don't you branch out and do, but we got your back. We're with you. We're behind you. And it's really great to have a church and leaders and pastors who are behind you. But you know what's even greater to have behind you? God. Let me read you that final verse, verse number 20. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you. Always to the very end of the age. I am with you, always. I've come to tell you, when you go to make a disciple, you're not going in alone. The Holy Spirit of God is with you, giving you authority, giving you understanding. They might ask you a question that literally in the moment you didn't know the answer until five seconds prior when the Holy Spirit gave you the answer in your mind. You will experience this. I did, what did I just say? I've never even, I didn't even know that until five seconds ago. God will teach it to you in the moment. And you'll teach it to them. He is with you, giving you knowledge, giving you understanding. And he is your backup. And I've come to tell you in Jesus' name that God is calling us to go and make disciples, to pick one person and to be intentional about teaching them, loving them, mentoring them, serving them. You don't got to be 35 years older than they are. If you've said yes to follow Jesus one millisecond longer than they have, you can teach them. They, you said yes, they haven't said yes yet. Go take someone. Disciple them. 
Love them. And it doesn't just mean invite them to church. It means have relationship and teach them. If we truly are the church walking in authority and understanding that God is with us, here's really what I believe the church is. The church should be a disciple-making machine, helping people know God, find community, literally discovering their purpose and helping them make a difference. But we got to be making disciples. If we're really doing church right, church shouldn't be a place where people come to hear the gospel. It should be a place they're coming to because they heard the gospel. Like literally, I want there to be very, very few people saying yes to follow Jesus every Saturday. Well, that sounds insane. Well, here's why. Because I wanted them to say yes in your living room on Tuesday. I wanted them to say yes in a Discord call with you on Thursday. And they came to church because they heard the gospel, not coming to church to hear the gospel. There is a big difference. If I'm the only one sharing Jesus and saying people yes, I am robbing you of an opportunity to have led somebody to Jesus and to experience what it's like to actually be a disciple by making disciples. And if we're going to experience revival, you and I need to be disciple makers, builders of the kingdom of God. But just like the meme, it, it'll be harder than you think it is. But that's why we've got your back. Here to resource you, pray with you, encourage you, and God is with you. But we will build this church. We will build the kingdom of God by all of us becoming disciples. I know you're nervous. I am too. It's a lot harder than it looks. It's difficult. But that's why we're in this together, man. Nobody's alone. Nobody makes disciples alone. And I challenge you as the family of God, if we're going to make a difference, first we need to make disciples. And I challenge you in Jesus' name to be who God's called you to be, to be a disciple maker. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we just thank you today for the teaching of your word. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to shape us, transform us, convict us, guide us, change us. Help us, God, to love people so much that we can't imagine not making disciples. Help us to do more than just tell people about Jesus, but to make disciples. God, you didn't call us to make converts. You didn't call us to get a bunch of people who prayed a prayer one time. You call us to make disciples, to get people's roots deep so that when the wind blows, they still stand. And Holy Spirit, I know that there are many, many people who are hearing this message and they're, they're feeling convicted at their core because maybe for some of them that question, have you ever made a disciple? Maybe their answer is no. And maybe they realize I need to start today. But they are just, they're scared. They're nervous. They're afraid. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help them to understand you are with them. And we are with them. To answer questions. To pray with them. To help them be resourced. And to help give knowledge on maybe a question they don't, they don't know. But help them to understand they're never going to know everything. 
And if they wait till they know everything, they'll never start because that will be never. And so I pray today you would just build a body and a community of disciple makers. May we not just settle for a retreat. May we not even just settle for supporting someone else who's doing it. May we take on the individual responsibility for making disciples. Today, God, we are making a decision to go all in. All in. No more, God, are we going to just kind of dabble our toes in to see if the water's cold. We're diving head first. We're diving head first. And I ask you, in the name of Jesus, help us to make disciples. I pray, God, now that you put on the hearts of literally every single person, one person, one person, that they can make a disciple. I pray that everyone would ask themselves, who's my one person? Who's my one? Who's my one? We don't start 100 people. We start with one. Who's one person? I can be praying for it. Be intentional to start conversations and, and inviting myself into relationship and discipling them, helping them learn, helping them grow. And, and sharing the gospel with people. It's difficult. It's hard work. We build the kingdom, God, through blood, sweat, and tears. I pray that you would give us tears for people. Compassion for people who have never experienced salvation. I pray that, God, you'd help us to sweat and to work hard. And I pray that you would help us understand that, God, it's blood, sweat, and tears, but it's not our blood. It's your blood that saves. It's Jesus Christ. Help us to be disciple makers, we pray, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. For some of you today, that journey of making disciples starts with you becoming one. I mentioned earlier, you can't, you can't bring someone you've ever been. For some of you, maybe you're just scrolling through Twitch or joining us right now, and you're not a follower of Jesus. Can I tell you that? God loves you more than you could ever imagine. Jesus gave his life on the cross to die for you, to pay the price for your sins so that you could be forgiven. No matter who you are, what you've done, what you've been through, I'm no better than you. There is nothing I have or any amount of love that God has for me that he doesn't have for you. He loves you, and he already proved it to you by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. And the Bible says it's simple, that all who would simply confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that no longer am I going to go my own way of living, but I am giving control of my life to Jesus who will guide me and direct me, and he's better at it than I am. Today, you can experience freedom. Today, you can experience the love and the forgiveness of God. And I challenge you in Jesus' name in a minute. I'm going to pray a prayer that I want to invite you to pray, but here's the deal. I only want you to pray it if you mean it. What I'm asking you to do right now is a lifelong decision where you're acknowledging, I can't keep going my own way. I need a better way. His name is Jesus. I acknowledge that I've sinned. I'm not asking you, do you want a gifted sub? I'm asking you, do you want to pay the price yourself? Do you want to follow Jesus and experience his freedom and experience his forgiveness but also pay the price of saying, I can't just keep living my own way anymore. I acknowledge he's the Lord. He is Savior. And I want to put my life and my trust in his hands. And if that's not you, we love you and respect you. But I don't want you to pray a prayer you don't mean. 
I want you to have your life changed. But that, became, that, that happens by becoming a disciple, not just by praying a prayer. And I pray that there are many of you here, you're ready. You're ready to pay the price. You're ready to become a disciple, to become a follower of Jesus. And if that's you, I'd invite you to pray this prayer with me as you make a decision to accept Christ as your king, as your Lord. Pray this with me. God, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. And I ask you today, God, to forgive me of my sins, to be my Lord and to be my Savior. Help me, God, to no longer go my own way, but to follow your ways and to love you and to serve you and to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, will you put some hype in the chat right now and congratulate those that are giving their lives to follow Jesus? Come on, praise God, everybody. Hey, well, congratulations to those of you that have just accepted Jesus Christ into your life. Maybe you rededicated your life, or maybe this is the very first time that you accepted Jesus Christ into your life. We want to celebrate with you. We want to congratulate you. And so I want you to do something brave and do something bold. We want, like I said, we, we want to be able to see you, right? We don't want to put you in a spotlight. We don't want to embarrass you or anything like that, but we want to celebrate with you and congratulate you. And so would you be brave and bold? If you just made a decision today, whether you rededicated your life or, or accepted Jesus Christ into your heart to be a follower of Jesus Christ for the very first time, would you let it be known to us by putting a yes in the chat? We want, Like I said, we want to see you. We want to celebrate with you. And also, we want to connect with you as well to be able to help you on this journey. There's a lot of different things that people don't know, and you just made a big decision in your life. So if you did just accept Jesus Christ into your life, I, I would ask you, there's, there's something called the next level link that was just put in the chat. And so I would ask you to click on that link. It will send you to a form that we ask you to fill out with as much information as you feel comfortable giving this is a better way for us to be able to give you some resources because a lot of times like i said before this is a huge decision you're like i, I just made a lifelong commitment to follow Jesus Christ. We want to be able to walk on that journey with you. We want to be able to give you some resources. We want to we want to teach you how how do I actually pray? We want to teach you where do I start reading? The Bible is a big book, right? It's huge. Where do, where do I start reading in it? We would like to be able to guide you in some of those things. And also Pastor Susie was just talking about baptism a little while ago. We want to be able to teach you what that is, what it means, what it represents, what it's all about. We would love to be able to connect with you. So please, please, please click on that link and fill out the form so we can connect with you guys. And guys, this is the reason why we do everything that we do here at God Squad Church. We continually see people giving their lives to Jesus, whether it be live here in the chat or we see it in the VODs, people watching YouTube, people watching these uh, these sermons sometime down the road and people are giving their lives to Jesus Christ. And it's because of your faithfulness and generosity that we're able to continue doing this every single week and continue doing all of our events and everything else that we do here at God Squad Church. And maybe this is the first time that you want to be able to give to God Squad Church. I want you to know there are multiple safe and secure ways that you can give to God Squad Church. You can go to the panels below and click on the give link. You can also go to our website and you can customize it to any way that fits for you, whether it's monthly or weekly. And then finally, you can also use text to give by texting any amount to number 84321. But no matter how much you're giving or how you are giving, we thank you so much for your faithfulness and generosity. Remember, every penny counts. 